This piece, it gets a little bit a little bit esoteric, but that's okay. So uh, last week we were discussing Rabbi Kiva, who went into the Pardes, and the notion that he was able to receive not only what he, so to speak, deserved, but even more, due to the fact that he had the Mida of Shalom, and specifically the Mida of Anava, the Mida of humility and, uh, and peace. And because of that, the, the idea is that that is the great Kli Kibble, that is the great receptacle that allows for blessing. Now he's going to contrast Rabbi Kiva, who was able to receive so much, and even more than he deserved, with Benzoma, uh, one of the others who entered the Pardes, who it didn't end out so well. So regarding Benzoma, the Gemara quotes the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Devash Matsasa Echol Dayecha, that you found honey, eat what is sufficient. Uh, don't eat more. Pentis Enu Vakeso, right? You might be eating too much. You might be eating too much of the honey. So it seems like as Rabbi Kiva got too much and it was fine. He got more than he needed and more than he really had the quote-unquote appetite for, and it was fine, whereas Benzoma had too much. So what does this mean? He says, as we said earlier, what is the notion, what is the idea behind this very uh, classic idea in the literature of the Arizal, that the, the idea is that there's too much light and not enough of a place to hold on to it. So what is that? Why did the Kalim break? They wanted to receive more light than they were able to actually hold on to. They were able to hold on to X amount of light, and they wanted more. And because of that, there was too much light, and there was arrogance, there was their striving for too much, where it wasn't really appropriate for you. Yeah? There's, there's, there's beautiful aspirations, but something that he's been mentioning over and over again is we have to be true to where we are at. It wasn't like they were, they were striving for covered. Well, they're Kalim. I mean, it's a very right. abstract idea, but he's trying to take something. When we're talking, you're talking about Benzoma, or you're talking yeah. about... Well, it, it's not, well it, the idea is that it, it, it's related to it. Benzoma is related to it in the sense that, and well, he's going to go deeper into Benzoma right now. Yeah, I mean, it's related to it. A, a wanting more than you are deserving is related to that. It's not being true to where you are. Um, and so, um, similar to the notion of the Shviras Kalim, it's that there is this idea that these Kalim, so to speak, wanted more than they were able to hold on to, and that's why they broke. Okay, Uva Gemara, the Gemara, now he's going to spend some time explaining a Gemara in Chagiga, which relates to the, the, the Gemara that relates to Benzoma and all those different sages who went into the Pardes, and it says some very things which are hard to understand. He's going to really um, help us understand them in a, in a in, we'll, we'll be in a much better place understanding them, but it's still going to be a little bit difficult to understand. The Gemara says that his mistake was, Benzoma's mistake was, in misunderstanding the distinction between the Mayim El Yonim and the Mayim Tachtonim. Okay, the Mayim Al Yonim in, in, the, in the beginning of creation we have, there's this notion that there is upper waters and lower waters, right? And God separates the two waters. And his mistake was in his misunderstanding about the division between the upper waters and the lower waters. That's what the Gemara says. And you read there like, okay, uh, what does that actually mean, right? So he's going to explain. He says, Perish. Mayim Al Yonim, Mayim Tachtonim, Yadua, Dehima Nikra Bizohar, Miyein Dachrin, Umayim, sorry, Mayim Dachrin, Umayim Nukvin. Hainu Hitarusa Dilatata, Aide Hacheshek Shibalev. He says the, the upper waters is the, is, sorry, the lower waters is the desire. Okay, the lower waters represent the desire. Vamiloy Milamala. And the upper waters represent the fulfillment, Aide Hachma Shibamoach, through the intellect. So the lower waters represent the heart. And the desire of the heart, that's the lower part of us as humans, right? Uh, but that's the lower part, that's the desire. The heart yearns 
and the mind fulfills, right? We spoke about this, 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 this is the breakdown of tefillah and Torah, right? Tefillah is avodah shebelev, and Torah comes from the mind. There is the desire, and there's the fulfillment, right? That's what the lower waters and upper waters represent, the desire and the fulfillment. Vehem tefillah v'torah, safti. So as the Gemara says, what is the takana for the desires? It is Torah. Torah is the, desi- is, the, is the fulfillment of, when a person has deep yearnings, Torah is miloi hataiva v'acheshek shebat tefillah. It satisfies the yearning that is created and generated through tefillah. Uviyom rishon, on the first day of creation, hayumu uravim. The two are mixed together. The upper waters and the lower waters were not yet split. They are mixed together. Pirish. Kiyom echad neged midas avraham avinu alavashalam v'ahava. The first day of creation is correspondent to the first av, Avram Avinu, which is full of love. Venimta hacheshek hu atzmo hamiloi. That on the first day of creation, the desire is the fulfillment. Something that we don't have in this world. But if you say the two are mixed together, that means that my desire itself is satisfactory. Meaning, in the world as we know it, desire is desire. And mila and satisfaction is satisfaction. But there is a reality where the two are mixed together. That was before God, you know, in the, at the beginning of creation, where the yearning itself was a sense of satisfaction. Yeah? Does that, do we relate to it? No. But we can understand it at least somewhat conceptually. And that's the mixing of the two together. The truth is, the truth is, in our imperfect world, when we have desires, um, this notion that in our desire we immediately have a satisfaction, it's very hard for us to attain. Why? Because our, our heart is not entirely clean. Our heart is filled with all forms of other desires. And therefore, even when a person desires for Torah, has a desire for Torah, the truth is it could be coming from so many other places. It could be coming from wanting to impress other people. It could be coming from simply, you know, that, that um, it, not from a true, absolute, sincere yearning. Yeah. There are many other things that could cause our yearnings for Torah. We have to be attuned to it. We have to cleanse our hearts. But the bottom line is that we have hearts which are not entirely clean, and therefore our desire will not necessarily be that lofty level of desire and satisfaction because our desire is not entirely clean. Uchamoch Shamati, as he quotes uh, his Rebbe, who says that uh, the, the, the imagery, the, the prophecy that Eliyahu experiences, that uh, Eliyahu has all these, he sees all these great things. There is the loud sound, and there is the wind, and all these things, and he says, no, Hashem's not there, Hashem's not there, Hashem's not there. Rather, called Mama Daka, it's only in that thin, still voice, that's when I'm able to experience Hashem. But, but in all these other things, he thinks he sees Hashem. Oh, it must be Hashem. It's not Hashem. The trembling, it's not Hashem. And he says, well, really what that's going on over there is that what that represents is the idea that a person at times has a thundering yearning for Hashem. I say, uh, you know what? I thought that was coming from that really good place. Really, it's kind of influenced from, uh, I want to be like this person. I, I'm not satisfied with my life. You know, it's not really coming from a place of purity. And then there's the roaring winds and like, oh yeah, that Davide, oh, that's for sure. Coming straight from Hashem. No, it's really, he looks a little closer. It's also not from Hashem. It's the cold mamadaka. It's the thin, still voice. That's when he's really, that's the purity. And that's when he's really able to say, oh, this is really Hashem. But all those other things, all those other noises and, and commotions, although they sound very spiritual, there's something, Hashem's not, re- it's, it, there's something lacking over there. There's a little bit of lo lishma that's there as well. 
Okay, so this idea though, of the, the idea is that on day one you have this mix of the two together. In the imperfect world that we live in, it's very hard to mix the two together because our yearning is oftentimes uh, dirtied. Our yearning is oftentimes has some impurities that, that prevents us from really yearning sincerely, which would indeed allow for immediate fulfillment. So how do we have an appropriate yearning? It's only by having the Ahava of Avram together with the Yira. You need to have, and that's what he's been talking about all now, you need to have that humility, you need to have that, that fear of Hashem, that what that does, Shemagderes to Ahava. It creates um, uh, parameters for the love, Umitzamtzamto, and it constricts it, Shiarak Mishuhu Lechavot Shemaim. We're filled with love. We have to recognize that that intense feeling of, of love, sometimes there's other things which are driving it. Yira, Excuse me, when we mix our Ahava with Yira, what that allows for is a drawing proper parameters to our love and ensuring that the love is only the true love, not the true, sincere, pure love for Hashem and not the other forms of love which so easily get mixed into, in together with it. Okay, which, which, which really is what? Which is the... One second, I'm sorry, I'm just skipping. Right? And that's what he says, Avram Avinu. So when it comes to Avram, who is the Midah of Ahava, the Midah of intense love, when does he become perfect? Lo nishlam ela achar nisayon asiri it's only after the 10th Nisayon. What is the 10th Nisayon? It's when he combines. Avram's last Nisayon is not on his own. The last Nisayon is him working together with Yitzchak. What does Yitzchak represent? Yira. Yira. The Yira of Yitzchak helps form and, and create parameters and, and, uh, and, and, and creates and channels appropriately the love of Avraham. On his own, it's a dangerous midah. It's something which could get combined with so many other things. Love is a very expansive midah and it's beautiful, but because of its expansiveness, our love could, could kind of spill over and, and come from not the most pure places. And so we need to bridge it together. Avram bridges it with Yitzchak, and that's why the Pasuk says, Atayadati, what does Hashem say after the 10th, after the 10th uh, uh, test? Now I know, Kiarei Elohim Ata, that you are someone who fears Hashem. Fear is not Avram's midah, yeah, but he needed it. Without fear, without combining with Yitzchak and Yitzchak's Yira, then Avram's greatness would be incomplete. The, uh, the Ahava is only true Ahava when it goes together with the Yira. Okay, um, fine. Okay, so on the first day, on the first day, without it being bridged properly with Yira, it's chaos, right? What does it say about the first day when you have the mixing of the waters? Tohu vavohu. It's, it's just, it's chaos, right? On the first day, without Yira, Without the, 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 the barriers, if it's just water, water which represents the love, that's a world of chaos. It's beautiful, it's powerful, and some, you know, there are movements within Judaism even, you know, that, that are just pure unbridled love, and there's something incredibly drawing about it, but there's also something dangerous. There's dangerous in the sense that without having any parameters, it, you know, it could go, and the love could spill over into negative places. Right? And so you need to have the two bridged together. And that's the creation of the rakia. The rakia is a hard thing to firmament, whatever that means. But the point is that rakia is, what does the rakia do? The Torah tells us it's mavdil b'mayim l'mayim. Right? Rakia is some form of physical creation which separates the two. What is that? That's yira. That is the, what yira is. It's, it creates the 
Gidzarim, it creates the, 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 the parameters. Sheyira hi akaras achisaron, shein cheshko bishlemos, kemo amayim al yonim, shuratna shemisbracha mashpia. The yira is also the, the most basic level, the recognition that I, I'm not really there. I need to hold myself back. I am only on the, I only have the desire. I need to see the gap. I need to be able to appreciate the fact that there's a gap between the maim tachtonim, the cheshek, and the Torah because I'm not perfect. And therefore, my desires are not perfect. And therefore, I will not be able to experience desire and satisfaction as one. I have to appreciate the fact that there is a gap. The Hevdil Kimlo Nima, the Gemara tells us that the gap between the bottom and top is just like a Nima, it's like a hair. It's very small, but you have to appreciate the gap. It's subtle, but it's crucial that we appreciate that gap. Uh, what does it mean that it's so small? What it means to say is that Hashem desires to give us our satisfaction immediately. Right? Meaning, really, it's there. Really, Hashem is knocking on the door, so to speak, ready to give us all that satisfaction. The Maimel Yonim is right there. But we need to have that Kimlonima. We need to have that, we need to have that Hefsik Kimlonima. We need to have that little gap and say, listen, I'm not really there. It's just a hakara. It's just a recognition. It's not real, the gap. Really, Hashem's there, ready to give it to us. But we, from our perspective, need to appreciate the fact that we are not entirely there. Okay? Um, and that's really what happens um, with, um, with getting, getting back to Benzoma. Benzoma's mistake was the fact that he did not appreciate the gap between the lower waters and the higher waters. And therefore, what he experienced was this sense of he was too much, meaning he didn't have that yira. He didn't have the awareness that he wasn't there. Benzoma, we have many, many Ma'amari Chazal teaching us, our sages teach us how, how, how deep his love was for Hashem. But the problem is that love could be a dangerous midah, a love which is not, um, which is not bridged together with yira, that gives it proper um, limitations and allows us to really reflect on where we're lacking. Without that, then it could be overwhelming. It could be too much. And it goes back to the notion of the Shviras Kalim. We want light. We want it. We want it. We want it. It comes from a beautiful place. But it, there's a lack of awareness of where we have to draw back, where we have to draw the lines. And without that, it's too much. And it caused the breaking, a shattering of the vessels. And that's exactly what happened to Benzoma. That was the mistake of him not realizing the gap that stood between the lower waters and the upper waters. And because of that, he had to take too many steps back. He was overwhelmed and therefore pushed back. Um, whereas Rebbe Kiva, who had the awareness and also more specific, and, and related to that, he had the humility. Therefore, he was able to have not just what he needed, but he was able to have so much more. And therefore, what, what the ultimate point of this entire section is, of Rish Tesvav, is the importance of bridging together um, the, the, the desires that we have together with year. We need to have an awareness of where we are. We need to have a, a healthy fear and a healthy awareness of our limitations, uh, a healthy balance to our desire for more. It has to be balanced with a sense of stepping back, just like Avram, who's completion, who's great, full of love. And if we are a person of, of Avram, a person of chesed, then we have to recognize that it's beautiful, not to stifle it, but to realize that our true completion will only come, we're able to bridge that midah with a healthy dose of yira. Have a wonderful day.